I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I, I wasn't like some that come and get the Holy Ghost just like that. I sought the Holy Ghost for a long period of time, which I don't believe that's the will of God. I believe that today's the day of salvation, but we go through some things through perhaps ignorance. I didn't understand fully everything about it, but boy, when I got the Holy Ghost, I was so thankful that I got the Holy Ghost. There were a lot of other people that was thankful I got the Holy Ghost too. They had been praying with me for a long period of time, but I was so overjoyed at that the power that that comes with the holy ghost anybody thankful for the holy ghost tonight it's the holy ghost and fire and it's keeping me alive i'm glad you're here and uh, tell your neighbor i'm so glad you came if not i'd have sat by myself if you want to stand we'll look to the book of psalms uh the last time that we were privileged to be together and discussing uh the 24th psalm we noted that we concluded uh the 23rd psalm after uh, many months of dissecting each individual verse, and what a what a psalm, the twenty third psalm, and I'm thankful for that. And what what could follow Psalm twenty three? And then we decided that uh, the best thing to follow Psalm twenty three is Psalm twenty four. And so let's look uh, to this psalm: The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For He hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? The answer is found in verse 4. He, not gender specific, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. I'm thankful that I know how to get to where he is. And there is a plan, and that's the plan that I want to purpose in my heart to follow so that I can be where he is. If you want to be where he is, put your Bible down, lift your hands, and give God praise because of his goodness. Thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness, God, your goodness, your faithfulness. I thank you, Father, for all that you have done for me. I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for this church, for the wonderful blessing of the testimonies that I've heard. God, I give you thanksgiving tonight for all of the things that I've heard that have encouraged me and uplifted me. To God be the glory. Amen. For the things He has done. You may be seated. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. And I talked about it. When you you think about all the wonders of the world and the mighty creation and the fact of the, the mountains and the seas and the valleys and the oceans. And I, I, was, I was talking, I uh, had like two minutes to talk last time on Wednesday night because we just had a great time of, of testimony and worship. But as I, as I mentioned that, Sister Lulabelle, I was saying that I was out there in Oregon and just, just traveling uh, along the highway there and to just see the waterfalls that were created, and then the river as it flows along. Just the beauty of all that God has created for us to enjoy. And then to not only stop with the beauty of all of that, but then all of the animals and the, the things that He's given us an opportunity to enjoy them in various forms as well. I was, I was able, Brother Bob, while I was in Oregon to... Uh, pursue something that I had never 
taken before, and that was a Miriam turkey. So we have Easterns here, and I've been privileged to take them, but I'd never killed a Miriam turkey. And so as I was out there and was able to take advantage of that opportunity, I just had that beautiful bird there, and maybe at some point I'm going to I'm going to take it to Tony, and uh, he's going to have it where that he can put it in my office there. So if you're ever interested in seeing what I'm talking about, it'll, it'll probably be a long time because Tony takes a long time. But uh, whenever I do get it, it's going to be beautiful. I, I held it, and the fan was just so beautiful. And then just, just to see that beautiful creature, and you say, oh, that, that doesn't mean a lot to me. Well, it's what I'm passionate about, and so to me, that is something so beautiful. And I, uh, I think about all of this that the Lord has created and there are just we could take time and you could tell us what is one of the things that is so special to you in his creation and as we think about all these things and the beauty that this earth has to behold and to understand that all of that to him is wonderful but to him we are the most important and significant thing. To him, we are why he did what he did. Thank God that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It's you and I. It's you and I that is the most important thing to him. His creation is wonderful. But when God created us, he created us in his own image. And he desired for us to worship him. I'd like for us just to do that right now. Just take a praise break. Lift our hands and our voice to the Lord. And just thank him for who he is and all that he's created. And specifically and purposefully let him know that you're thankful that he created man in his image. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful earth that you have created, for the fullness thereof. But more importantly, thank you, Lord, for creating man in your image that we might have an opportunity each day to lift our voice and to worship you and to praise you. And that's his purpose in creating this world was for us and then creating us for him. I'm thankful. The next verse, if you would, please. Verse 2. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. We continue to further explore all that he has done. And we have seen the seas and know that the waters, the mighty waters, and I reference this. This is something that is always uh, just kind of boggled my mind whenever I read the passage that says he measures the waters in the hollow of his hand. I've been to the mighty ocean and looked and as far as I could see water, I couldn't see past the water that was there, the massive expanse that is there and to think that he takes that and every body of water, every trickling stream and, and every lake and every river. And he measures that in the hollow of his hand. Think about how big a God he is to measure the waters in the hollow of his hand. He established it upon the floods. He, he founded it upon the seas. He did everything that he did. This is an amazing God. All you have to do is step outside in a few moments if it's not already there. You'll be able to see the moon. Tomorrow the sun will come up. And just those two facts alone are enough to say, wow, what a God that we serve. But when you think about everything, it's pretty 
mind-boggling. Wow. Next verse, please, verse 3. Who, the question is asked, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? I just told you that I was was privileged to go to Oregon and uh, the pastor there in Hood River uh, on this journey to try to find this Miriam. He took me up what I would say is a mountain. Now, he told me it was just a hill. And uh, I, I beg to differ with the gentleman because I can usually walk up a hill without having to stop and take a breather. But I just, he was this, this, this pastor, you know, about half my size. And he'd just scurry up that mountain and he'd get our, that hill and he'd get to the top of one place. And then he'd just stop and wait for me to trudge up there. And then I'd get there and, and he'd be ready to go again. I'm like, hey, I need one of those breaks that you just got because just because you got there. We just kept going higher and higher, and he told me the elevation. And I'm like, well, that, to me, that might, to you, that might be a hill. To me, that's a mountain to get that high up. And so when, whenever you think about uh, the hill of the Lord, probably to us looks like a mountain. Like, how are we going to get there? As a matter of fact, we were, we were in the midst of trying to locate a turkey, and, and so we're there, and he shows, a, he, he shows me a place. He's like, we're going to go way, you see, way over there, there's, there might be some turkey over there, and so we're going to go over there, and I thought, I'm doing good to have gotten here. I don't know how I'm going to get to there. So I say to him, why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't I sit here, and you go there, and then if there's one there, you call me. Because I was like, I, I, don't know, I don't know whether I can make it. Sister Laura, you know, you, you talked about those, those hikes that you've gone on and the, 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 the fact that it's a, little, it's a little more work than what you even are aware of. I, I kind of feel that way whenever I'm thinking about how what he calls a hill, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord. When, whenever we were, if we could get a visual of the hill of the Lord, it, it's, it's not just a hump in the grass. I mean, it's something that this is, for us, it's looking like a mountain. Like, how, how am I going to get there? How am I going to attain the holy place? How am I going to get to the hill of the Lord? How am I going to get to his holy place? And he breaks it down for us. He makes it simple. The simplicity of his word is uh, encouraging because he tells us how that we can get there. It's one step at a time. Sister Lulabelle, do you know how I got to the top of that hill or mountain, whatever you want to call it? Do you know how I got there? I got there one step at a time. And I got there by just continuing to do what I knew to do to get there. And that's just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep on keeping on. Don't stop. Don't slip. Keep on going. And you know, I want to just tell you, before we get into the four ways that you can get to the hill or make it to the holy place, I want to just tell you this. Every one of you here, the best thing that you can do to get to where we need to be is to just keep going. Whatever you do, it's not time to give up. It's not time to stop. It's not time to look back. It's not time to share regrets. It's time to say, I'm going to make it to the hill. I'm going to make it to His glory. I have the Lord as my shepherd and he will lead me and he will take me to places that I need to go in order for me to get there I've just got to keep going tell your neighbor you just got to keep going verse 4 verse 4 shares with us the four things 
Verse 4 shares the four things that are necessary for us to get to the hill, to get to the holy place, to be where he is, to get to his presence. And, oh, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. That's, that's really, that's what Wednesday night is about, Sister Lulabel, is just getting to his presence. To be able to come in, Sister Teresa, and know that when I get there, I'm going to find the presence of the Lord. I love to see who's going to show up on Wednesday night, and this is the best of the best. If you want to know what the best of the best looks like, look around. This is the best of the best, the people that are faithful to the house of God on Wednesday night. You are wonderful. That's why I love coming together with God's people on Wednesday night, because the people that are here on Wednesday night are the people that want to be here and people that want to be here worship and people that worship open up an avenue for the spirit to flow through and when we get in his presence so I felt such a strong presence of the Holy Ghost when we were having testimonies tonight and I'm thankful for that because there's something about the presence of the Lord it takes us to places that we couldn't go without it I've got to have the presence of the Lord I need desperately in my life especially in the middle of the week I need to know that I can access that And so I feel comfortable to share with you that the way that we do that is keep doing what we're doing. Keep doing what we're doing one step at a time. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't look back. Worship. 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 Then the simple steps of seeing and being at that hill, at that holy place is shared with us in verse 4. And it says this. He that hath clean hands. I want everybody to look at your hands right now. How many of you know that at some point in your life, if you're a normal individual, before it was time to eat dinner, your mom or your dad would say, what? Go wash your hands. Now, how many of you know this? That there is sanitizer somewhere, everywhere you go. I mean, back in the day, you may have to look around. But today, you don't have to look very far. You're going to find hand sanitizer anywhere and everywhere. Because right now, like never before, people are very, very concerned with clean hands. Anybody ever been at a restaurant and you see in, in the, on the mirror in the bathroom that employees are required to wash their hands for whatever it is, 20 minutes or whatever, you know, and you, it's got, has anybody ever like timed an employee? You're like, or do you work here? Because I'm going to make, no. What it is, is they want you to feel comfortable. They want you to feel comfortable that the people that are handling your food have clean hands. How many of you know it's important if you're going to handle my food to have clean hands? I, I, I want people that are handling that which I'm going to partake of to have clean hands. If you have dirty hands, that means that there is the possibility, the probability that you're going to ingest something that is going to be harmful. I think it's important for us. I think it's important for us to have clean hands spiritually. I believe it's important for us to understand the importance of repentance 
Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, the washing away, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I thank God for that apostolic Pentecostal experience. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're not guaranteed continual clean hands. Look at your neighbor and say, you still have to wash your hands. You still have to keep clean hands. I... I pray that as we see the day approaching, as we get closer and closer to His coming, that we will be more cognizant and aware of the importance of clean hands. You can't get to the hill, you can't get to the holy place if your hands aren't clean. The first step, the most important thing to remember is that in order to get to the hill, to get to the holy place, you have to have clean hands. Having clean hands in the Spirit is even more important and more significant than having clean hands in the natural. We maybe need to put a sign on those doors back there that all members should wash their hands for 20 minutes using soap and water. No, not that, but all members, everybody that's a part of the church should make certain when you enter into this place, this is a perfect place to get your hands clean. This is a perfect place to have Him do that for you, to wash yourself, to cleanse yourself. There is nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, I encourage a time of repentance every day. We should always say, God, I pray that you would wash me. I pray that you would cleanse me. Help me, Lord, that you would wash my hands. It is important, essential, and not even possible to get to the hill or the holy place without having clean hands. He that hath clean hands, and it's not enough to have clean hands, that's what everybody can see. If your hands are dirty, people are going to be able to tell. I wash my hands and I... I use sanitizer probably too much. Have you ever used sanitizer to the place that when you wash your hands, like you're washing that film off? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So that's, I, I'm, I'm uh, becoming more and more aware and doing that more and more than I ever had before. Now in my truck, I got, before I came in to got my, get my hair cut today, I was making sure that I had, when I left getting my hair cut, everywhere I went, I'm making sure I got clean hands. And you can tell, I'm glad I wasn't, you know, working with grease or something tonight where that had stuff all over my hand. Got clean hands, Sister Lily. You can tell that. But the fact of the matter is, you can't tell by looking what my heart looks like. You can't tell by observation, by looking. I, I got a feeling you can tell. Just, all you have to do is be around somebody for a little while and you find out whether their heart's pure or not. But you can't tell by looking. But a pure heart is just as important as clean hands. It is important for us to have a pure heart. Create within me. The prayer of David. Create within me. I pray, I pray that prayer. Every day I ask the Lord. God, I pray that you would create within me a clean heart. God, I want to have a clean heart. I know that maybe nobody else can tell. But I know and he knows if my heart is pure. I want to have a pure, Sister McMillan, I want to have a pure heart. I want my heart to be pure. I can't get to the holy place. I can't get to his hill if my hands aren't clean and my heart's not pure.
I must have a pure heart. God, I pray that you would create within me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. I believe it's so important to have a pure heart. I believe as people of God that our hearts need to be pure. And do you know that if you take in things that are impure, it's impossible to keep your heart pure. Have you ever been someplace and you're, you're like, I need to go take a shower? Not literally, but that's just that you just feel like, Ugh, I don't, I didn't like that. Didn't feel good. I didn't, I didn't like the way that person was talking. I didn't like the vibe. I just didn't like that feel. There, there's just something about it when you have clean hands and a pure heart. You don't want to take in and digest things that will cause that heart to become dirty. Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew within me a right spirit. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity. We live in a world that is filled with vanity. Is there somebody that could just say amen? We live in a world that is consumed with themselves. We live in a world that has so many vain people. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That we live in a world that is filled with vain people. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity, says the wisest of the wise. When we consider the world that we live in and the fact that they are shamelessly selfish and that all they care about is themselves, consumed with vanity. It's not the way of the Christian. It's not the way of the saint of God. It's not the way of the humble, the one with clean hands and a pure heart. Vanity is something that we are not and we must not be. So God, I pray today that you would help us to have clean hands, purify our hearts, and remove from us the selfishness that causes us to be vain. Selfishness is what produces vanity. And that, my friend, runs rampant in the world that we live in. I'm certain that you have experienced that yourself and have been tempted, perhaps, to be the same. It's not that we aren't tempted or have these selfish desires, but we can overcome them with clean hands, pure heart. God, help us not to be vain. And not only is it who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Does anybody, I don't want you to point fingers or anything, but do you know somebody that it's really challenging for them to tell the truth? Does anybody know anybody like that? I, I know people where that it would be easier just to tell the truth and they say something that's false. I don't, I don't, that is foreign to me. I don't understand that, how that someone finds it incumbent upon themselves to tell things that are untruth. Uh, they, they share lies as though they are truth. I believe that at some point they actually believe the untruth that they're sharing because they've gotten so used to lying that it's easier for them to do that than to just simply tell the truth. Did you know that it's always the right thing to tell the truth? Even, you say, well, well, I was going to tell the truth, but that would, have, that would have been to my detriment. No, it's to your detriment if you don't tell the truth. Because you may suffer the consequences of the truth, but they're better than the consequences of a lie. You can't get to the hill or the holy place if you lie. Let's just put it like this. You're going to die if you lie. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, 
How do I get to that hill? How do I get to that holy place? I want to have that in my life. The way that we do, four simple steps, clean hands, pure heart. Don't be vain and don't lie. God, I pray tonight for every person that's here that you would give us the courage and the confidence to do these simple things because the reward, wow, we're going to talk about that next time. The reward that we get when we get to that hill, when we attain that holy place is so wonderful and so worth it. God, I pray that you would help me to have clean hands. God, I pray that you would help me to purify my heart and that I would not be vain and that I would not lie. I pray it in Jesus' name, not for me only for every person that's in this place. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this Wednesday night. Let somebody know how wonderful it was to see them. That You're going to be here on Sunday. We're going to have a great time with Brother Steve Doss, our guest minister. It's going to be a great Sunday. Tell somebody about it. Don't forget tomorrow night right here. KCA Awards Night, and uh, we're just going to have a wonderful week with KCA. Graduation, Sunday night at 5. Put that on your calendar. Mark it down and be here. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.